Have you on live stream today at Ocean County Baptist Church. Uh, we're going to be looking in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 uh, for our starting passage, and then we'll be looking at other passages. But I want to share a message entitled the Basics of Love. Basics of Love. And uh, out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I appreciate you to continue to be praying for the church as we our goal is to open up in person on March the 7th. That's the first Sunday in March. And it'll be a great day to be able to open back up because we'll be able to have communion together uh, via live stream and also in person. And uh, so you know, make a note of that, March the 7th, uh, back in the building in person. We would ask you to wear masks, uh, social distance, and all that good stuff. And uh, we want to make sure we do the best that we can to uh, be healthy as we interact with one another and worship together. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 1 says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and, and, and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understanding all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind, charity envieth not, charity voteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know, even as I also am known. Now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be together this morning. Uh, we appreciate the technology that we have to be able to connect with uh, friends and family and, and church members, Lord. Uh, uh, even if we're not in person together, we still can connect with the, 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 through the means of the Internet, and we thank you for that opportunity. I prayed you'd speak to us in a special way this morning. We consider uh, the basics of the love of God and just how that impacts us and how we uh, can enjoy a sweet relationship with the living God because of how much you love us. And Lord, I pray that we might take those truths and uh, allow them to impact our life as we interact with others. And Lord, I pray that there'll be people saved because they'll be able to see the love of Christ in us. There'll be 
backslidden uh, believers uh, restored and reunited because they see the love of Christ in us. And God, I just pray that the church as a whole will be strengthened uh, because of the love of God. And so, Lord, I pray for your blessing on the preaching of the word of God. If there's someone watching that's not saved, I pray, Lord, they would give us an opportunity to talk to them and show them how to believe on Christ and receive him as their personal savior. So bless the preaching of the word of God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our text verse is verse 13 as a starting verse. It says, And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. So the basics of love. We know the word charity is a Greek word agape, which means love. And it's a sacrificial type of love. And uh, many, many people talk about love. However, they do not really understand uh, the meaning of what love is. Oftentimes people look at love as just simply being some uh, emotional experience or some physical interaction. Uh, and they, they come to the wrong conclusions about what love really is. And that's why it seems like they, they do not allow love to continue to impact their life. And um, uh, many things fail in our life, but the Bible is telling us here uh, that love never fails. And uh, so there is always a way to uh, be redeemed. There's a way to be able to experience the forgiveness of God. And it's because of the love of God that has been uh, uh, literally given towards us. You know, when we think about the love of God, we think about the goodness of God. God has been good to us. And oftentimes people look at situations and difficulties in life and they think that God has not been good to them. And yet, but God is still working in their life and blessing them and the goodness of God is experienced every day. Uh, even today, I didn't like the idea of having all this ice out there. Our parking lot right now is uh, like an ice skating rink. And uh, I was talking with Anthony and Tommy and we were saying, I was telling them, you know, even if we did have church in person today, we'd have to cancel it just because of the ice that's out there. Uh, it's pretty wild, but uh, God's been good to us, irregardless of what the weather is, irregardless of the difficulties in life. God has extended mercy towards us. Uh, uh, the Bible presents to us the sympathy of God. God sympathizes with our plight, and that's because that he loves us, and he understands us better than we know ourselves, and it's his love that is in us that enables us uh, to be able to have positive relationships with other human love involves affection and a strong personal attachment. And uh, you have that affection, you see that affection expressed to mankind from God. But even beyond that, you see the interaction between God and man and, and this ability to be connected and attached to the Lord is all based upon his love uh, because God saw us as sinners and as he saw us as sinners, uh, he still loved us. God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so there's that connection, that attachment that can be taken, uh, experienced uh, because of the love of God that is uh, towards mankind. So God's love combined with our love develops a meaningful and a purposeful life. 
and uh, people flounder in their life. They have no direction, no purpose, no sense of assurance, and it's because of the fact they live apart from the love of God. For 27 years, I basically lived my life trying to figure out what I was going to do in life, uh, how I was going to make a lot of money, and all these different types of things. And uh, it wasn't until I heard the clear presentation of the gospel of Christ that God loved me so much that he sent his son in this world to die for me that I experienced the love of God. And, and now my life has meaning and now it has purpose. And it's because of that uh, um, human and divine connection that takes place uh, when a human being experiences the love of God and we're able to be aware of all that he is and all that he wants to do in our life. Now we have faith, we have hope, we have charity, but of these three, uh, the greatest of all three is charity. Notice in verse 1 of chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. In other words, all you're doing is making a lot of noise. That's it, just making a lot of noise. Uh, you can say, well, I, ha I can talk in tongues, I can talk like angels, I and you can say, I have all these things, but you don't have love. All you're doing is making a lot of noise. It's like uh, giving the kids in a kindergarten classroom uh, uh, drums and brass and cymbals and everything else and say, okay, I want you to play for me the Star Spangled Banner. I don't think it's going to sound like the Star Spangled Banner. It's just going to hear sound like a bunch of clanging and beating and um, no rhythm and no rhyme or no reason. That's our life without the love of God. Uh, everything we try to do, everything that we try to express is just simply oh, a sounding brass and tinkling cymbal, just making a lot of noise with no meaning. In verse 2, it says, Though I have the gift of prophecy and understanding all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains and have not charity, I'm nothing. So all your works, all your efforts, all your abilities, all your skills, uh, all your quote-unquote spiritual gifts that you may have, if you are not exercising them and, and living them out, based on the love of Christ that is in you, uh, you've profited nothing. You're accomplishing absolutely nothing. And uh, certainly you understand that anybody can get a crowd. Uh, there, you can always figure out what people are looking for and appeal to those people in that area, what their desires are, and create a crowd and do all kinds of um, uh, interesting things as a crowd. But if you don't have the love of Christ... What profit is it? What shall what profit shall a man be? Uh, what shall a man profit if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And so the basics of love is uh, without charity, without love, we're just making a lot of noise. Without charity, without love, uh, we are actually uh, accomplishing nothing. And then in verse three it says, "And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I have." I'm sorry, though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. All your charitable works, all your gracious uh, gifts to try to help someone that is in need uh, comes to naught if it is not directed and guided and energized by the love of Christ. And so the basics of love, 
uh, hope, faith, hope, love, uh, these three, but the greatest of three, these three are charity. So let's think of the basics of love this morning. And now, uh, uh, first of all, we see that it begins with the Lord. Uh, look over Matthew chapter 22. I'm going to have you turn to some verse, verses today. In Matthew chapter 22, when you think about love, you have to acknowledge the fact that it begins with the Lord. Love does not begin with mankind. It begins with God himself. In Matthew chapter 22, in uh, verse 37... Well, if I can get over there, I'll get over there. Amen. I think I'm on the page and still got another page to go. Uh, Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. It says, On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so it begins with the Lord. And so uh, when we think about it, beginning with the Lord, it means there is an experiencing of God's love. In 1 John 4, 10, uh, it tells us, uh, here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. And so when Jesus says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, uh, he is, is expressing that as you must experience the love of God so that you can love God with everything that you are. And so the experience of God's love is to, uh, to know that uh, he sent Christ into this world to die for us, when we didn't want anything to do with God. And uh, he, when he died on the cross for us, he became the appeasement. He became that means of satisfying the demands of a holy, just God. And so uh, Jesus Christ died. And so the love that we can experience and enjoy begins with the Lord by experiencing God's love. And then there's the demonstration of God's love. And so it's not a matter of just experiencing the love of God, but it's also the matter of demonstrating it. First John chapter 5 and verse 3 says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. And so if, if God has loved us, and he has saved us, and he has delivered us, uh, then there ought to be an expression or a demonstration or living out of that love. Uh, God doesn't love us and then stop loving us. He loves us with an everlasting love. And so our response to Christ is love that we enjoy and we experience through faith in what Christ did on Calvary is a love that is keeping and fulfilling the commandments of God uh, to demonstrate and show forth just how much the love of Christ has impacted us. And so uh, we're to give the Lord our first love. You know, in Revelation chapter 2, the church at Ephesus, I might read a couple of the verses over there. The church at Ephesus had a problem that God was upset with them and was not uh, satisfied with the, all their works. And the reason was that they had left their first love. In Revelation chapter 2, in uh, verse 7, I believe it is, says, uh, let's see here. 
let me back up, in verse 4 of Revelation chapter 2, says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Then he says, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. And so God wants us to experience his love and demonstrate his love by giving everything that we are to him, living our life surrendered totally and completely to him. Uh, So we're to love the Lord with all our heart, it says, in Matthew chapter 22, where we read, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. In other words, no reservations. No holding back any areas. Why? Because the love of Christ impacts us so greatly uh, that we, it, en- <coughs> it enables us to be completely changed uh, as we have faith to believe in Christ. It is the seat of our understanding, all thy heart. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 tells us, For with the heart thou believest unto righteousness, And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And so the seed of all my understanding of who God is and what Christ can do or has done for me is based on the fact of loving the Lord with all my heart. And uh, every, every aspect of what I can comprehend about God is consumed on this thing of the love of Christ that has been given to us. And so it's a seat, our, all thy heart is a seat of your understanding. You know, uh, you know, we often talk about loving one another. We often talk about a husband and wife gaining lo- an understanding of loving each other. And we often joke about not being able to comprehend and love uh, with the depth of love between us as individuals. Uh, but, you know, really, the, the bottom line is this. Everything that we are as an individual can be consumed with the love of Christ. Uh, if If we're willing to not allow other distractions to come into our life. You know, I love my wife, and uh, I was going to start to say how many years we've been married, and I thought, oh, boy, I'll forget and say the wrong one. I'll be in trouble. And, uh, but anyway, I love my wife. We've been together a long, long time, 43 years we've been together. And uh, my love for her does not get less and less. My love for her grows stronger and stronger because of the fact that I surrender myself to her more and more and more. She surrenders herself to me. And as a result of it, my ability to comprehend her emotions, her feelings, her wants, her desires, and all that is experienced as I draw closer to her and surrendering to her. What's well, the same thing with the Lord? And so you need to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with everything that you are, every aspect of your being, your seed of everything that you can comprehend is based on uh, uh, your the love of Christ that is in your heart. So all thy heart deals with the seed of understanding. It deals with the surrender of the will. And uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 1, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. 
And I think sometimes when we talk about love that never fails, the love of God that is everlasting, enduring in our life, uh, is enjoyed not just because of gaining an understanding heart of who God is, but it's enjoyed because we willfully surrender our will to the will of God. And we don't live in the realm of wanting to do our own thing, but rather we surrender our will uh, to the Lord. You know, when a man and woman gets married, uh, I remember when I first got married, some of my friends were like, Man, you're, you know, we never see you anymore. Why don't you, you know, why don't you hanging out with us and all that? And I was like, I didn't marry a woman to, to go out and hang out with the guys. What are you nuts? If I, in my, certainly, the guys that were my friends were not more appealing to me than what my wife was, like the woman I just married. And we have that concept sometimes. We forget that as a man and a woman surrenders their will to each other that when we enjoy the love of God, love that begins with God, it is a surrender of our will to his will. You know, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Uh, God didn't hate his son when he was in the garden. God did not change his mood towards his son in the garden. He didn't uh, decide, oh, I don't love my son anymore in the garden. No, uh, he had so stated at his baptism and also on the Mount of Transfiguration, this is my beloved, beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. All that did not change when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus understood that. And he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And so when we talk about enjoying a love that comes from God, it is a surrender of our will to God's will. In other words, our lives are no more our own, but it is given to uh, Christ and Christ alone. And so uh, loving the Lord as our first love, it deals with all thy heart, the seat of our understanding, the surrender of our will, and then it's the center of our being. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9, says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And so if I want to be able to live in light of the fullness of the love of God for me, then that means uh, everything that I am has to be surrendered to who he is. And I do that not out of duty, I do that out of love. And uh, God wants us to love him with all of our hearts and because he has sacrificed everything for us. And so it begins with the Lord. So we give the Lord our first love with all of our heart. But also it says here, with all thy soul. In Matthew 22 and verse 37, it says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. And so that type of a love, when you think about all the whole, our whole soul, is literally our soul is our, we, it's often identified as our living powers. In other words, it's your character. It's who you are. You know, oftentimes they say character is what you do when no one else is around. And uh, God loves us with his whole being. 
everything that God is, he loves us. And so our response to that love that he has shed towards us is that based on everything that I am and everything that I can comprehend, I am going to love the Lord with every part, every sense of vital aspect of who I am. I'm going to, that's going to be energized into the love of Christ. And uh, so my whole soul, and, and, and John chapter 3 in verse 19, John chapter 3 in verse 19 tells us, and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. See, the problem is a love issue. They love the darkness rather than the light. The, the problem, the issue is a love issue is whether you're going to, based on who you are, are you willing to surrender everything and to stand with Jesus Christ and Christ alone? Uh, you say, well, why would I do that? Because Christ showed his love for you by dying on the cross. Because God has reached out to you when you were an, at enmity, when you were the enemy of God, God reached out to you with his love and it, the natural response is that when you are uh, uh, experience that type of love that is given out to you that it is a normal automatic response that you surrender your love and all that you are to Christ so with all your heart but with also your soul uh, the soul is also the seed of affections and desires that you have and uh, what, do you, what, do you, what is it that you uh, desire most in your life? Is it you desire the things of the world over Christ? Uh, and you say, well, I really, I, I love the Lord, but Christ is in first place in my life. And Jesus is challenges us here that once we receive the love of Christ, that we are to live for him and surrender to him and serve him and uh, 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 with our whole heart, and with all of our soul. But not only that, but he says, with all thy mind. And certainly your mind would be your intellectual powers. You know, 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. And so we're supposed to intellectually uh, be connected with God. We want to know everything there is about God. And, it, and it's because of the fact that the love of Christ that is in our hearts. And uh, certainly, I, I just often think when I got, my wife and I got married, I, I wanted to know more about her. I wanted to know who she is. I wanted to know what she enjoyed. I wanted to know uh, what made her happy. I wanted to know everything that I could possibly do, uh, learn about. And uh, I have found that after 43 years, I'm still learning. And so the intellectual powers is not just my heart. It's not just my soul, it's my thought process. That's why Jesus said, I mean, the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 2, 5, let this mind be in you which also is in Christ Jesus. So why would we want to develop the mind of Christ in our life? Uh, it's because of the fact that it enables us to love the Lord with all of my mind. There's many things that capture my attention and always did uh, dominate my thought process. But wait a minute, they have to take second place when I understand how much that God loves me 
then I'm going to love him with everything that I can understand, communicate, experience in life. I want Christ to be number one. Why? Because you're number one in his life. He loves you with an everlasting love, and so we want to be able to experience that. So it, love, when you think about the basics of love, it begins with the Lord. God wants, or you could say God desires, total commitment with outward demonstration of love. And uh, God wants you to be able to live your life in a way that people can see that you have a love for God. I I'll tell you, there's some people you're around and you're just talking to them, you know, you know that their focus in life, their commitment in their heart is that it, they love the Lord with everything they are. And yet there's others that will talk about loving the Lord, but you see them, you're like, well, I'll tell you what, they, didn't, they don't just, they don't seem like they love the Lord. And so God wants us to respond to his love in a spirit of total commitment, knowing that as we surrender our life to him, then there is an outward demonstration of that love that it is an enduring love in us. In John, I'm sorry, Matthew 19, 21, Jesus said unto him, and this is a rich ruler, if thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. Certainly the Lord was not saying you have to give away all your possessions in order to be saved. In verse 22, it says, But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus said unto the disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. Why is that? Because of the fact it's a love issue. Do you love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind? And when this young man had the opportunity to respond to the basics of love, Christ is extending the love of God towards him. When he had an opportunity to respond to that, no, that wasn't the priority. The priority was, oh, I have a lot of money. I don't want to lose my money and walks away sorrowing because of the fact that Christ did not have first place in his life. So I, I think when we talk about uh, love, when we talk about love that never fails, uh, it's got to begin with Christ. It's got to begin with God. And uh, because if we're going to be able to surrender everything to the Lord, uh, then he's got to have the first place. He's got to have first place. So I see not only does the basics of love begin with the Lord, but I see it extends to others. Notice in Matthew chapter 22, continuing with that passage there, uh, this is the first and great commandment. Well, what is it? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and thy soul and thy mind. And then he says, the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so it extends to others. And uh, it's, it's difficult to say that the priority of my life is to love the Lord and not have a love for someone else. Now, we know over in Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10 and verse 30, 
we see there Jesus gives a parable in reference to a man who was wounded and who really had concern for him. And so an ex a love that, that begins with the Lord that extends to others has a concern for other people. Notice in Luke chapter 10 in uh, verse 30, Luke chapter 10 in verse 30, Jesus outlines this for us of how to determine what is someone exercising love towards his neighbor. And in Luke chapter 10 and verse 30, Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jericho, I'm sorry, from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the, the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast. And brought him to the inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Now which of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, he that showed mercy on him, and then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Concern for others. I, I just saw a news clip. Uh, uh, there's been, I think there's four stabbings in the subways in New York. And as I was going over the lesson and just reviewing this passage, I thought, I wonder how many people stopped to help those people that got stabbed. Uh, they believed they were all homeless people. Uh, one was uh, apparently sleeping on the platform, whatever, and somebody just went over and stabbed him. And, and I, you know, a couple of them had died. I think two of them are still alive. But I just thought about this passage, uh, the love of Christ in the heart of a Christian ought to cause a Christian to stop and go to the side out of concern for someone else in order to be a help to them. You say, well, why would you do it? Because that's the basics of love. The basics of love is God saw us in our plight and reached out to us to save us. And Jesus gives this great story to help the priest and the Levite to understand uh, that their, their responsibility is more than to walk around in their religious garb on display but rather their responsibility to show the love of Christ is to be concerned from someone else who is hurting and needs some help. And I think sometimes we forget that when we talk about our Christian life, it's not about just coming to church and singing songs. It's about going out in the community and talking to people and helping people and being concerned for people. Why? Because that's what love is. Love always extends to someone else. 
So notice, for concern for others, but there's also the reaching out to others. And it's, it's, it, listen, it is quite one thing to say, uh, I'm really concerned for other people. But it's another thing to say, I'm going to go do something about it. In uh, 1 John chapter 4, in uh, verses 20 and 21, I mean, I'm just thinking about wanting to get our church open back up again, get people in-house here, in-person. Uh, we got bus out there, need to get a bus on the road. We need to get out and get in the, in the people's hearts and in their lives and show forth the love of Christ. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid we have allowed ourselves to be so over distraught and distressed and concerned about COVID that we have forgot our lives are supposed to be ministering to others. And God can protect us, and God can heal us, and God can strengthen us, and God can use us to show forth His love if we'll be willing to allow the love of Christ to dwell in our hearts, and that causes us to extend ourselves to somebody else. We have, we have allowed human society to create, instill such a fear in people that people can't even be with their loved ones when they're in the hospital. People can't be with, go and visit people out on the street to try to help them to know who Christ is. It's a shame what we've allowed ourselves to become. It's not, it's not the love of Christ. The love of Christ is we're reaching out to others. First John chapter 4. That wasn't in my notes, but I thought it would sound good. Amen. First John chapter 4 and verse 20. If a man say, you know, I hear a lot of people saying a lot of things. If a man say, I love God and hate his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment we have we from him, that he who loved God loved his brother also. And so it extends to others. That's why Jesus started, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul. With thy, why? Because the basics of love, it begins with the Lord. But he said the second is like unto it. What is it? Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And so there's an extension to others. And so I see the basics of love is begins with the Lord and extends to others. Then in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it enables victory. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in verse 57, it enables victory. It says, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, and we can have victory in spiritual battles in life. You're going to have spiritual battles. I don't care how young you are or how old you are. I don't have, care how strong you are or how weak you are. I don't care whether you're male or you're female. I'm telling you right now, whether you're an adult or a child, you're going to have spiritual battles that you're going to have to face and you're going to have to fight and, but I'm thankful for Romans 8.37. It says, for we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. The thing that gives us the power and the ability to have victory in our spiritual battles is the fact that God loves us. 
And uh, he loves you and in a way that he'll give you the strength to face the battles in life, spiritual battles. And uh, the love of Christ not only gives us the ability to overcome spiritual battles, but also physical battles. And the physical battles, battles 1 John 4, 4 says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. And uh, we do not have to be afraid to fight the battles in life because of the fact that we have one on our side who loves us and does ne he never stops loving us. And because his love that he has given towards us, it enables us to fight the battles in life and to be able to have victory. Uh, we don't have to be defeated. <coughs> Why? Because it's the love of Christ that's been shed abroad in our hearts. So spiritual battles are won. Physical battles are won. Uh, life and death are victorious. Notice in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians, since we were there, in 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. I was thinking about preaching on the Antichrist today. I'll probably do it next week. But I figure it was uh, Valentine's Day, so I wanted to preach on the love of Christ. But Paul said, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We are going to be changed. So why would, we, why would we fear the spiritual battles? Why would we fear the physical life, physical problems that we have to deal with in life? Why would we fear life itself or even death? Wait a minute, if, if we're going to be changed, if we're going to be changed, whether it be through the rapture of the church, as in verse 52 says, in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trump shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise uh, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. So either you're going to be changed through death, or you're going to be changed through the rapture. It doesn't matter for the Christian because the love of God that enables us to have victory, whatever happens, we're still going into the presence of the Lord. Jesus still did, listen, he said it when he, before he went on the, uh, to the cross, and it's still in the Bible today. In First John, I'm sorry, John chapter 14 and verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I don't know why so many Christians are so troubled about life. We're worried about the election that just happened. We're worried about the new president. We're worried about executive orders. We're worried about the financial markets. We're worried about, wait a minute. Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. Why? He says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. <clears throat> no wonder, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, in verse 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God that giveth us a victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, <coughs> I'm getting too excited up here. I'm going to get myself coughing here in a minute. 
I'll cough it out or cough it down. I don't know. Uh, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Your life that you live for Christ is not in vain. The love that Christ has given you enables you to extend love to others and, and because of that, you're able to be victorious over and over and over and over again all the days of your life. So the basics of love, it begins with the Lord, it extends to others, it enables victory. And then the last thought is this, it ends with everlasting life. And John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I mean, ultimately, the end is coming. The end of your life is coming. I don't know when it's going to be. I don't know how long it's going to be. But I'm going to tell you one thing. It's the love of Christ that, that uh, literally enables us to end in this life as we enter into everlasting life. Jesus said this. We go into everlasting life by faith in the love of God. In John 10, 28, Jesus said, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. I'm just as sure as I'm standing in this pulpit this morning that if you receive the love of Christ, you receive Christ as your personal Savior, that you are secured throughout all eternity, and there is nothing that can separate you from the love that is in Christ Jesus. And I, I just as I was saying that, I was thinking of Romans chapter 8 and uh, how Paul puts it very clear for us here in this matter of who shall separate us. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 37 says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I already mentioned that verse, but now it connects with the next verse. Because of the fact we're more than conquerors, and because of the fact we're conquerors because he loved us, Paul says this, for I'm persuaded. He said, I'm literally completely convinced. <coughs> for I am persuaded that neither death <coughs> nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now listen, your faith can be built on that. Your faith can be built solid in assurance that you have eternal life because God loves you this morning. And that love enables our strength, our faith to be strong to not fear death. Well, I see not only by faith, but enduring uh, ends with everlasting love by his word. You know, faith, it still says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Everything that I base my life on here at this moment, tomorrow in the future, or for all eternity is based on what has been said in the word of God. And if anybody tries to teach you contrarywise to what the Word of God says, they're a heretic. And they're to be rejected. 
And they are not presenting to you the love of Christ because God is not willing that any should perish. So the love, when you think about love, thou abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. Why is that? Because charity never faileth. Because charity always enables us to enjoy a relationship with our living God. Charity always enables us to impact other people's lives. So the basics of love this morning is that it begins with the Lord. It extends to others. It enables us victory. And it ends with everlasting life. Are you saved today? Have you experienced the love of Christ have you, uh, listen, you say, well, I've been saved. Well, how are you making out as far as keeping the Lord first? Uh, how, how are you making out in extending your love to others? Uh, this is so important for us when it comes to love. People today in the world we're living in are empty. They are aching. They are hurting uh, because of the fact they don't know what real love is. Oh, they've experienced some emotional thing or they've had some physical attraction or they've gone through different moods or whatever in their life, but they don't know what it is to experience a pure, undefiled, uncorrupted love that is poured out on the heart of the individual who received Christ as his Savior. If you're one of those folks today, you've never been saved, you've never been born again, you've never experienced the love of God and you say, I need something like that in my life, please call us or text us or send us an email. We'd love to talk to you. I help you to know that there is always hope in Christ and that the love of Christ, I'm going to tell you, it will make a difference in your life that will give you joy unspeakable and full of glory. Well, let's bow for prayer. My Father, I come to you. I thank you so much for allowing us to be together this morning. I'm thankful for safety. I'm thankful for health. I'm thankful for victories in our life. I'm thankful, Lord, for the love of Christ. It's the love of Christ that constraineth us. It's the love of Christ that binds us together. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to uh, just get back to the basics. May we love you with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind, and may we love one another. Uh, as I, I, we uh, brothers and sisters in Christ and certainly love those that are lost and, need, and that are in need of the love of Christ. And God, I pray that you give us victory day by day. And God, that we're, our hope, our hope is in the Lord. We're looking forward that the love of Christ is going to take us into all eternity. And so I pray that you'd bless now. I really do pray that you'd move in our hearts today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.